Welcome to our community of abundance-minded entrepreneurs. Join us as we meet people who believe that there is enough prosperity for everyone in the world, that collaboration is better than competition, and people who have chosen to master their own destinies as entrepreneurs. When I say community, I mean it. Our guests are here because they want to meet you. So be sure to take advantage of their invitation to connect at the end of the interview. Now let's meet another abundance-minded entrepreneur. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am your host, the guy who knows a guy himself, Muggle Whitehouse. And today our guest is Mark Moeny. He is the person who runs The Coaching Jungle and has a podcast, Natural Born Coaches. Now, The Coaching Jungle has a special place in my heart because it is where I met Dan Mangana, who was on my podcast some time ago. Uh, he then introduced me to other people, and through that, my whole networking concierge business came together. So, inadvertently, Mark is crucial in the, the construction of my network and uh, really why season four is about networking and joint ventures. He had probably no idea he was so crucial in the story, but he was, and here he is. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Michael. Uh, my consulting fee, you can pay by PayPal. I'll give you the link. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, uh, that's really cool to hear because, of course, uh, I don't hear all the stories about all the connections going on. I know people are connecting in that group, but there's 22,000 plus people, so I've, I have no idea what's going on. So it's good to hear uh, stories like that warm my Canadian heart. Yes, fantastic. So tell us a bit about yourself and what makes you awesome. Oh, boys. Uh, in a nutshell, I'm uh, all about helping coaches get more clients without paid ads. So I've been doing this since 2014. I can't believe it. It's uh, now around eight years, which time has flown by. Uh, what makes me awesome is uh, not to blow my own horn, but uh, it, coaching, like any business, not easy to get up and get running. So I'm very grateful that, that I've had eight good years with it and things are going really well with it. Uh, my background's in real estate. So I did that for about 10 years and uh, that helped me with coaching. You wouldn't think that there'd be a lot of similarities, but when it comes to discipline, consistency, all mm -hmm. that real estate uh, background definitely helped with it. Uh, what makes me awesome? I, I like to think of myself like you. I'm a connector, you know, and uh, I think that that's a great way to be rather than being on your own island. You know, you're connecting everyone. And uh, that's that's why I love doing is uh, making connections, hearing about connections like you and Dan and so on. So there, that, that'd be an awesome thing that ties into the whole theme of your show. <laughs> that is pretty good. That's definitely some good stuff. Um, now, I I know you've, you've talked a bit about in your group how your form of joint venturing is a bit different from others. I'd love to hear, learn a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, most, well, uh, first off, I'll define what I do for joint ventures. I call it a flat fee JV, and it's uh, different than what pretty much everyone else is doing in the online space. Uh, so anyone who doesn't know much about joint ventures, basically the way that it usually works is um, if I have XYZ offer program that I want to get out to new people, I reach out to you, Michael, and the usual way to do it is say, hey, look, I've got this coming up, uh, it's selling for I don't know, $2,000, I'll pay you 50% of every sale if you promote it to your audience. You know, that's a very generalized description. And there's nothing wrong with that, um, although I think there's some limitations with that model. And I made a change back in 2018. 
Uh, so the way that I do it with the flat VJV is uh, I'm not just sending out one or two emails or doing a lukewarm dipping my toes in the pool for it. When I choose a, to partner with someone over something that they're working on, I devote a whole week of my promo calendar uh, to hammer the heck out of it. You know, it's a full court press for that week with daily emails, all the stuff going on around social media, a lot of stuff in my Facebook group, podcast interviews, all, all that stuff. And I charge a flat fee. Partner keeps 100% of sales. So they sell a million bucks worth. They keep the million dollars. I do a flat fee. And as we're recording this today, it's $5,000 uh, for the week. And that'll increase. It's, I'm planning to increase that later this year as well. So that's it in a nutshell. It's a flat fee, JV. And uh, there's advantages, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, which I'll mm-hmm. share with it. But I'm a big fan of that model. So, so when I hear it, it sounds more like advertising. That you're paying a, a fixed amount for a... And, yeah. And no I mean, I, I had uh, someone when I introduced us back in 2018 said something uh, to that effect. Well, gee, Mark, this doesn't look like joint venture. It looks like, you know, advertising or whatever. I'm like, you know, call it whatever you want. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, he got bent out of shape with it. He was getting into, you know, the semantics and trying to, you know, definitions and all that other stuff. But uh, now, now to do this model, it's not a case where you can just take the money and then not do much with it because then the partner's not getting a good ROI and you're probably right. not going to get any repeat business from it. So my goal with it is to do the partner gets as high of an ROI as possible because then they're going to want to do more uh, encore repeat joint ventures down the road. And then we're building a long term relationship. With, so I thought that's really important this isn't something that's for someone that rolled out of bed today and doesn't have a, uh, any network so to speak it, it works for me with things i have like the podcast facebook group the email list and so on that i can back up what i'm promising hmm, interesting yeah and it is is certainly fixed um yeah it, it's fixed on both sides so there's obviously more of the risk is on the on the person you're promoting but then the upside, if they're expecting a lot of upside, then they get to keep that. So, well, it's funny. Uh, people will um, buy Facebook ads, you know, sometimes spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars and get nothing back or very little. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> so the guy that was kind of crapping on me, I felt like saying, okay, how much have you spent on Facebook ads? Not saying that they can't work, but I've heard a lot of horror stories about that, especially the last year or two with the effectiveness of Facebook ads. So. Um, yeah, it's one of those things you, again, have to make sure that you're giving a lot with it to justify mm-hmm. it. But the, the reason I brought it in was what was happening in the past. I'll tell you a quick story about a JV that I did the old way. And this was a straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. I spent a week promoting a partner and I just worked myself, you know, <laughs> ragged. Um, I did because I, I do all the content creation, everything myself. I don't okay. copy, copy and paste swipe files or anything Uh, so i promoted her very heavily for the week and i got a lot of people over to check out her offer um you know hundreds of people went over and the day after the end or two days after she messaged me said hey mark uh you know check your paypal you've got a surprise you know wink you know whatever so i'm like oh there's my affiliate commission i wonder how much it's going to be if it's going to be enough to buy a cottage or maybe a sports car or some trip around the world <laughs> and then uh anyways i checked my paypal and there's like 49 dollars and some odd cents in there uh, so I messaged her and I said, can you confirm that total? I, I think it, there might be an error there. So no, no, I double checked them all. Like if that's what it is or whatever. Um, so not to crap on her, you know, but obviously there was uh, something wrong if she got that many 
targeted leads right in yeah. her world. I don't know if her conversion, um, the pr- whole process was messed up or whatever, but I worked my butt off for a week and made 50 bucks when, you know, really that shouldn't have happened. After that happened, I said, look, I'm putting a lot into this. I'm getting a lot of exposure, a lot of leads over. I'm going to make sure I get paid for it. And that's where the flat fee model came from. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, it is, it is a little more in the, the advertising model, which, which is important for you because you want to make sure you're putting all that effort in a lot of JV partners. They just take the swipe copies, copy, paste, send. They're not, they're not investing their time and their energy. And so it makes sense for the rest to be on them, but you're you're, you're really doing the work like, like a marketer would. Yeah. And I should mention, I didn't start at $5,000 US for a week. You know, when I started, it was $2,000. Okay. Uh, then it went up to 3000 Then I went, you know, four and 5000 then it'll go higher. I have a three-day package as well, which is currently half of the investment of the week-long. So it's $2,500 mm-hmm. uh, with it. And then I have a year-long uh, package, a super JV, I call it. It's $50,000. It's got a whole bunch of other stuff in it. So yeah. uh, it's just, it's something that, you know, um, some people prefer the, the other method. Some people like the list swap method uh, or where it's okay, Michael, you promote my thing to your audience for a couple of days and then I'll promote something of yours to my audience for a few days and it'll be even Steven. And, you know, it's really, it's your business, your rules, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do, it's your choice. Yeah. Well, I can see it being a mix as well. You know, if, yeah. depending on what, what's in someone's network that they might, you know, they might have a number of, of the commission base promoters who they don't know what they're going to do and, and they need a lot of handholding. Um, I, I can see some of the benefit too, is they basically write you a check and say, here's what we're doing. And you're like, I got it. I'm off. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm not trying to blow my own horn trying to say I'm Scrooge McDuck here swimming in a uh, vault of gold coins. Uh, <laughs> but in the last two days, I've had three people commit, verbally commit uh, payments or pending coming through uh, for the weekly JV. So there's, you know, 15 Okay, and I'm going to work for that money. It's going to, yep. you know, but it's a good chunk of change uh, with it. But the other advantage for doing it this way, and this is one the other reason I really brought this in, I was spending way too much time on Zoom calls with people I had no clue who they were. They would reach out to me and say, "Hey, Mark, I love what you're doing. I would love to chat and have a virtual coffee and hear more or something like that." But it was a thinly disguised pitch for me to be an affiliate for them. So we get on our Zoom call. Yeah, I got this program. How you about you blast it out to your community and stuff like that? <laughs> um, not saying they're all bad people. I made you know some good connections and stuff like that. But I'm like, I just don't have the bandwidth to do hundreds and hundreds of hours yeah. of these calls. So the way it is now, someone approached me with that same pitch. Hey, Mark, I'm going to tell you more about what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would say, hey, look, go visit this link. You know, I have a page with all the JV info uh, because I do my joint ventures differently than most. And uh, if you still want to chat, there's a link right there. You can book a call with me. So most Mm -hmm. of the people who book a call with me are pre-sold for the joint venture. They've already, I lay everything out there. I don't hold back. Here's exactly what it is. If you're not interested, that's cool. If you're interested, book a call with me. So I would say conservatively, I'm saving at least 200 to 300 hours a year on uh, calls with people that, you know, I just don't have the time always to do uh, with it. So there's the other reason why I brought it in. It is is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In in my work in the JV space, I'm discovering the most important thing in those JVs is is reciprocity, reciprocation. So, you know, you don't ask someone to promote you if you're not ready to promote them. And of course, you can only promote a finite number of of partners, um, which means that you need to be ready to bring something to the table one way or another, uh, whether it's it's an upfront payment or um, or something like that. So I can certainly see the the power there. But but I I do think that the new 
you know, I promote my stuff as the new spam. Yeah. Oh my gosh. At that it, point, it used to be yeah. buy my stuff and there's still some of that, but now the next level is promote my stuff, but it's still <laughs> yeah. the people doing that. You know, you're, you're kind of suspicious of how, how good their quality is. Can they deliver? Can they close? Can they present? And you're yeah. going to put in all that work. And what are you, what's your audience going to find when they go to this yeah. person's event or yeah. when they go to their pitch? I have uh, three main criteria for who I work with. Uh, the first one is they have to have something offered to coaches because those are my people, coaches. Mm -hmm. So if um, someone has something completely different, it's not going to be the right fit. So it has to be for coaches. It has to be something good because, as you already mentioned, uh, my name's tied to it. So yep. I don't want my name to be sullied and hurt uh, by having someone with the inferior product or program and then the third one is it has to be something not too similar to a recent joint venture so mm -hmm. if i just did a joint venture well i did one with alaric heck for example uh, previously youtube ads expert he's great at what he does if someone approached me the next month and said hey i do youtube ads and have a you know you promote it to your audience that'd be too soon uh, where i just had done alaric's as well with it so it's important to have uh, criteria in there the other advantage for this, and this is really important for people who have Facebook groups, uh, with the Coaching Jungle group, we're really strict on what we allow on the wall. Uh, so mm -hmm. we don't allow any promotional stuff, selling, hidden selling, which people are great for nowadays. They're getting really sneaky. They know their way around the rules. Uh, don't allow any of that. Uh, however, for that week that I'm doing the joint venture with the partner, they're giving access to the Coaching Jungle wall. So they get posting privileges and so if anyone's in my group and they see a post that says Mark approved and then uh, Joe Smith or Mary Jones is posting there, that's because they're a JV partner of mine for that week. And I only do one joint venture partner at a time. So if mm -hmm. you and I did something, Michael, I wouldn't then sell two or three other packages for the exact same week. And then it's like a, a mess, you know, with everyone posting in there. But there's another advantage, another way to monetize your Facebook group. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a really unique model. And it, yeah, and it brings together a lot of different things. You know, the advertising model, the influencer model. Um, I've, I've talked to some people who who have a they, they want to work with influencers, but the influencers often don't understand the business. They don't understand mm. promotion. So it, it ends up coming across as like, try this pen. It's a pen, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I wonder how much that terrible endorsement cost. <laughs> so, you know, if it's not if it's if it's not sincere, then it won't come across right. So um, and, and basically you are, I think it's probably close to the influencer model of, of their hiring you to use your influence to say, go check out this thing. Uh, but then you're applying marketing knowledge to actually really promote it like a JV would, which seems like a really powerful concept. Hmm. Yeah, I think it is. It's something at least people should explore. Uh, it's your quicker path to revenue than throwing the dice or rolling the dice. I guess throwing darts in the dark and hoping to head on the other way. Because I think what happens with the traditional JV with the affiliate commissions, percentages, and so on, even if people don't realize it, I think subconsciously they're holding back a little. Because like I don't know if I'm going to be paid what I should be getting paid for putting a lot of effort into it. So I'm just going to mm -hmm. phone it in and send out a couple copied and pasted emails or i might put the odd post up but they're holding back with it me i can go all out because i'm being paid i'm being paid a good amount and i feel good about it so uh, that's the other reason why i like it love that yeah that's a really interesting really unique concept uh so so what is the rest of your business beyond so presumably it's not just this so so how else do you help uh clients get you know coaches get more clients without paid advertising yeah i mean it starts at the uh 
base or the the lower rung of the ladder, so to speak. I have a print newsletter for coaches called Secret Coach Club. Been doing that now for about five years, and that's at ninety seven dollars a month, nine ninety seven a year. Uh, one of my favorite things I do for my business, I get to let loose. It's a print newsletter, not digital. So I always joke I have a team of carrier pigeons flying it around the world or dinosaurs hauling uh, stone tablets in there because people say oh my god print like ink and paper newsletter uh, but yeah i have a print newsletter for coaches i've got a group coaching program i do some one-on-ones but those are limited i don't uh, take on too many one-on-ones so i try to keep my model as simple as possible i don't want to have 188 different offers out there i you know online uh, digital programs so i'll usually release one a year or so maybe one every two years around that as well Hey, Michael. Come back, Mark. Hey, Michael. Hello. Welcome back. There we go. <laughs> Not sure it froze up there, so I don't know what happened. I don't know. Hopefully, if it was uh, doing what it's supposed to do as Zencaster, then it recorded everything you said while you were away. All good. Yeah, I, I stopped for a minute or two, sent a quick message in the chat box, and I was about to click out and come back in to see if that helped. So, yeah, yeah. So, sorry about that. Do you want to pick up where we left off? Uh, yes, yes. So you you were telling me about what uh, you know what you do with your coaching beyond the uh, beyond the joint ventures. Oh boy. So, uh, so if I repeat myself, yeah, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, basically, I have everything uh, from starting on the lower rung of the ladder, a print newsletter for coaches called Secret Coach Club. Um, I've got digital programs that I usually release one a year, maybe one every two years. I've got group coaching, also do some one-on-one coaching, although I keep that limited. I don't work with too many one-on-one uh, mm-hmm. with it, but I like to keep my offers simple. Uh, my rule of thumb is uh, I always want my offers to be able to fit on a little yellow sticky note. <laughs> so if they can't <laughs> fit on there, I know they probably have too many. I don't want to have uh-huh. 188 different offers I'm trying to keep track of. <laughs> yep. Now that makes a lot of sense. So you keep it, keep it simple. Uh, so you mentioned a hard copy newsletter. Yes. You don't hear about those often. Tell me a little bit about that and why... And, and how that works. Yeah, so I've, I've got a bunch of stone tablets out in the backyard. I just carve into them, and then I, I got my <laughs> di- team of dinosaurs lug them around the world now. it's Actually, it's carrier pigeons. You know, they take the paper. Uh, it's A lot of people look at me like I have two heads because, of course, everything's digital nowadays, and they think, oh, ink and paper. It's very 1970s or 1980s uh, with it. Uh, I do it for a couple of reasons. Uh, first off, I've subscribed to and still subscribe to several print newsletters, and I tend to treat them differently than something get digital. You know, you get stuff that you download on the laptop that goes on your uh, desktop, and then it gets lost or collects virtual dust, yep. and you never look at it again. 
um, people won't be able to see this because, of course, we're recording this video. Uh, we're just releasing audio, but uh, this is a print newsletter I uh, subscribe to. Ben Settles email players. So I'm going to plug in for Ben because it's a great newsletter. Um, it stays by my desk. I pick it up. I read it mm-hmm. a few times through the month uh, before the new issue comes out. I've got the highlighter out. I'm scratching notes with the pen and so on. Uh, so I, that's a few reasons I do it. People like to get something in the mail that's not a bill or a flyer, yep. right, junk. Uh, but they also have told me that they get a lot more from it because it's not just a PDF that's going to go mm-hmm. missing on their yep. laptop or whatever. And it's something different. You know, everyone does, a lot of people do the same things in the online coaching space. So whenever I could do something different and zig when they zag or zag when they zig, that's what I want to do. I, I definitely completely agree with you. When when someone's like, "Oh, let me send you my ebook for free," I'm like, yeah. "Cool, can I buy it on Amazon? It'll be free, <laughs> but I'm not going to read the ebook, so you can yeah. send it to me." And people say, "Can I send you my ebook?" I'm like, you can send it. I'll look at it. Will you read it? No. Yeah, I, I want to read it. I just won't. I know that. that. That's why on my website I now have an audio book of my book because I don't read ebooks, and I don't think anyone else does either. So it. it you know, that hard copy thing, what you're saying is dead on. If I get an email newsletter, I glance at it, but I won't read more than three or four sentences and I'm on to the next thing. Yeah, it's a great way to filter out people who, I, I don't want to sound snobby here. I always joke around to say the coaching space has a lot of free pull and cheap pull. They want everything free or <laughs> stuff that's cheap. I don't want to play in the $7 ebook or whatever world. That's just not my thing. So where I'm charging $97 a month or $9.97 a year, uh, it's 16 to 20 pages each month. Sometimes there's a bonus report in there, but you know, it's not hundreds of pages. The type of person I'm trying to chase away is someone that looks and says, Oh my God, $97 for 16 pages. And they get their calculator out, work out how much it is a page. I could buy, you know, three books, normal, big size books for that or whatever. I'm trying to chase away those people because they're probably not going to put what they learn into action. Uh, Mm -hmm. What I put inside that newsletter, it's not just copied over recycled Facebook posts or emails or blog posts or anything like that. It's exclusive to that newsletter. So I write it in mind that the subscribers are my clients, you know, and it's all exclusive content that's there. It's not being released elsewhere. So I think there is value there, but it's designed, no fluff, no filler, action-oriented stuff. And I'm trying to chase away those free pull and cheap pull. I would, um, I think it was Al Capone had a saying, it's better to have four quarters than a hundred pennies. I want to have four quarters, not a hundred pennies. Mm, yeah, I love that concept. And, and and you're totally right that the the $97 for, it's not for 16 pieces of paper or sides of paper. It's for having one actionable tip. Yeah, I yeah, want someone that looks, oh my God, instead of saying $97, what a ripoff, 97 a month. I want someone to say, oh my gosh, I could take this $97 and turn it into $5,000 or $10,000. Yep. What, a, what a steal, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you, know, yeah, you buy three books, but then you have to read them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one book right now. I'm not going to say who it is. He's a pretty well-known author and I was looking forward to reading the book. Did not like it. I finished, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 pages. Um, Its use now is it's under the wobbly end of my elliptical in my uh, home gym, which was Uh wobbling a bit. It's basically stabilizing that gap for that back leg of the elliptical. I didn't finish (laughs) reading this, but hey, I guess it's serving a purpose. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And to to the cheap guy's credit, it would take a lot of months for the newsletter to be able to stabilize that elliptical. It would, yeah. They would, uh, I don't know, how, get a second job or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But, No, I want serious people. Uh, I want people like myself, you know, with Ben's newsletter, other stuff I'm doing, I take it serious. 
Mm. And uh, I want people who take that approach. Actually, I just finished the March issue and, and that's go off to the printer. And I told a story in there. Um, Elvis Presley, I'm a big Elvis fan. And uh, he and he had a, a, an acronym that was on jewelry. It was on his plane, even named his band uh, TCB. Uh, do you know what TCB stands for? I do not. It's not like a pesticide or anything like that. Um, <laughs> uh, TCB means taking care of business. Uh, that was oh, yeah, uh, yeah. saying for Elvis and the Memphis Mafia had it. And what they had with their rings, their necklaces, everything else had a lightning bolt going through it. So it was actually taking care of business, TCB, and then the lightning bolt was in a flash. And those are the type of people I'm trying to attract, people who are wanting to take care of business. And they're not just playing entrepreneur, they're not being entrepreneurs. They're actually mm -hmm. serious and taking action. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely found that as I've gotten more, more deeper into the business community and deeper into the joint venture space, the difference between the the, the people who are aspiring. Well, at the at the bottom, there's the people who basically hold a job and are like, "I'm an entrepreneur because I got a side business yeah. that makes seven dollars a month." And then then you have the people who are getting into it, but they're kind of struggling. And then above that is kind of a mindset shift that takes you into the serious ones. For me, it was it was the epiphany that ten thousand dollars isn't that much money. When I realized like, oh, we could buy this piece of equipment. I could just go to the bank and just borrow money and then we can buy the thing and mm -hmm. then do the thing. And it's not, you know, before I was like, oh, $10,000. Oh, man. Oh, wow. How am I going to do that now? And someone comes to me and, and you know, I just, um, I became an early ambassador in, in uh, Be Connected, which mm. is a $600 investment. And I was like, yeah, that seems like it's a good, good company to get in early with. And, and 600 bucks isn't that much for that opportunity. Whereas two years ago, I'd be like, $600, holy yeah. moly, look at all that money. I don't know about that kind of risk. So it's, it's that mindset shift of what is a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the inflation's helping with that because 600 now doesn't seem like uh, it did at one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a couple tanks of gas or a night at the movies or a few groceries. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I used to say that uh, the Pareto's principle held true in the online space that 20% of people were serious entrepreneurs and going to, quote, make it. 80% were just playing at it. And, you know, and I actually think it might be closer to 10% and 90%. Um, but one thing I will say in defense of uh, you mentioned the person making $7 a month, not saying this is across the board, but I, I say good on them if they're ma ma actually making money because that's the toughest thing. Like people I've talked to have said the first, seven dollars twenty dollars they made online they were ecstatic they were like, true, like true, yeah. jump, jumping you know up and down and ecstatic over it uh, because it showed that it could be done right and then once mm -hmm. you can make seven dollars you can turn that into seven hundred seven thousand uh, so on with it so i'm not trying to knock people like i don't again sound snobby with it yeah. uh, but i'm just trying to say like be serious if you're jumping into the online space it's tough to treat it like a real business because you're working maybe from your dining room table. You got your slippers on, your pajama pants, your bowl of cereal next to you. You know, you're not going into your office on Main Street and everything else. So it doesn't always feel real. Now, things have mm -hmm. changed a bit with COVID the last few years. Everybody's working from the dining room table or has been uh, with it. But it's one of the things that um, I like about entrepreneurship in 2022 is you could buy a domain at GoDaddy for 10 bucks and mm -hmm. it's a democratized entrepreneurship. In the old days, I know this from my real estate business, you'd have to spend $100,000 between office space, furniture, all this other stuff, yep. advertising, signage, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, the dis- uh, the bad thing with that or disadvantage is it means a lot of people get into it who probably shouldn't be in it because mm-hmm. well, it's 10 bucks to start a website. Now I'm the CEO of, you know, whatever uh, with it. So yeah, it, it, that's my point. Take it serious, put the same yeah. amount of effort in as if you're actually going into a physical, physical bricks and mortar place. Well, and I think like what you're saying about working at the dining room table in your, in your uh, pajamas, that if you're going to be starting a business and you're serious about it, like get a desk. Even yes. if even if you're in an apartment, you know, have a corner of the living room that's your office. It's it could be twelve square feet, but have a space like this is the office. This is where I work. Yeah. Separate from where I eat my cereal. Separate from where I watch TV. This is my workspace. They put you in the work mindset. Yeah. Well, actually, that uh, reminds me. You know, I used to have a bad habit here at the house where. I was basically working even when I wasn't supposed to be working. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was lugging my laptop around, was hanging out with uh, my fiance, my, uh, kids, my son, my stepdaughter in the living room. I bring my laptop and pack away and multitask, right? And that's not a great way to do it. So I said, no, I'm only going to work when I'm in the office in the basement. And then when I'm other place in the house, I'm going to, so when I'm working, I'm working, when I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm not going to mix the two of them. And it's really easy for those lines to bleed over when you're working from home, that you're working from like the toilet, <laughs> you got your phone, you're typing out emails and posts and everything else uh, with it. So that, there's a point if you, if you are working from home as a coach mm-hmm. or whatever, online entrepreneur, make sure that you have some sort of barriers or boundaries for where you're working and where you're Absolutely. playing. It's fine. I think my, my morning motivation today or tomorrow is is on that exact topic is oh, do what you're doing. Yeah, if you're working, work. If you're playing, play. If you're resting, rest. Mm. But do what you're doing. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I'm hanging out with the family. But I'm also, but I'm also. Now, there, there are, I think there are some, like there's some things I do that's just like what I call TV work. Mm. It's, yeah. you know, co- copying, copying emails into my CRM system. Yeah, it doesn't or, take brain power, or, yeah. You know, making simple introductions that 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 have the form of Mark meet John, John meet Mark. You both take care of coaches, and I think you got some synergy. You should talk. Like I don't need my full attention there, so yeah. I could be doing that on a laptop where my family is. But it's really it's work time in their presence. But it's I I would not call that family time. Yeah. I'd also not call it serious work time. It's just it's that that half work that needs to get done but doesn't need your full attention. Yeah. Um, but you have to separate that from your real work. And your real family time, which you need to make sure he doesn't have time for both of those. Yeah, there's times so if I've been at my desk, like today, I have five calls. I was telling you, my last one's at 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight. I'm mm-hmm. going on a show. Uh, so I have a few br- hour break this evening for it. Um, and if I am doing any work, I don't have a problem turning something on Netflix if it doesn't require brain power. Yeah. And uh, it makes it a little less mind numbing if it's something that's, you know, uh, like that. Now, I, I'm the type I can't write uh, emails to my list, you know, if I'm creating the email marketing, I can't do emails like that and be watching something. Yeah. No, but if no. I'm but if I'm doing something that I could do and multitask like that, um, I just finish watching the reboot of the Twilight Zone, you know, I'm like, hey, it makes it a little bit less painful to do this spreadsheet stuff mm-hmm. or whatever uh, with it while I'm working on it. So, yeah, there, there's certain shows that I, I only watch, um, like the, like Stargate SG One, which I've already seen, uh, but really enjoy it. So I can put that on the background while yeah. I'm while I'm up uh, uploading podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of work. And 
And so I'm like, ooh, uploading podcast episodes. Neat. I get to watch another Star- yeah. Stargate episode. Yeah, it makes it a little bit better. So don't beat yourself up and think you have to be sitting in front of the laptop in complete silence like a monk. Now, the only <laughs> type of show I can't do it with, which I tried this a few years ago, I said, oh, I'm going to give Narcos a try. Um, everyone's talking about Narcos. So of every friggin' all subtitles. it's all subtitles. <laughs> so I kept having to look up and try to like look, read the subtitles. Felt like I was reading a book instead of watching something. I hate subtitles. I just I, I don't want to have to worry about reading. I read enough between books yeah. and with my other work or whatever. So it doesn't work with narcos, but it can work with others. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. You don't watch narcos. You you read narcos. <laughs> it's more like a graphic novel. Yes, exactly. In People love sense. it, not trying to knock it or whatever, but uh yeah, I watched so many series that uh, that way where I could it, it was guilt-free because if I'm just and now the flip side, I find it very difficult to actually watch something without doing something else. Um you know, like for me to sit down unless it's a movie I really want to see. So sometimes mm-hmm. I got the tablet out I'm reading articles while I'm watching something or whatever, but uh yeah, I watched uh God, how many series did I go between Breaking Bad a few times and uh, even (laughs) older shows like Nep Talk, How I Met Your Mother? I I don't know. I've gone through some. Yep. So, so uh, in addition to the the ways to split attention, um, what what are some of the the key things that you find that coaches go wrong with um, and ways that you you get them on the get them on the, the straight and narrow path? Well, I think the coaches don't always have a lot of staying power with what they're doing. They don't give a long enough runway. Mm. So they have so many choices of things to do. They've got people telling them, you have to do this. You have to be on this platform. You have to do that. They'll jump on and they'll try it for a week, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month. They don't make a million bucks, get a whole bunch of clients to say, well, this is stupid. It's not working. I'm going to go do something else. And I'm sure you've seen this, uh, Michael, with uh, people podcasting. People think it's mm-hmm. a get rich quick money tree in their backyard. They realize that it's not, you know, it's going to take time to go in there. So, what I recommend to my clients, the same thing that I do every time I start something new, is I decide on the length of the runway that I want to give myself. Uh, so, for example, I started doing daily emails to my list back in April of 2016. I was ready to quit email marketing uh, up to that point because I did it for about two years, didn't get anything from it or not much at all. Said, this is stupid. It's not working. I'm going to quit and focus on what is working. I decided to give daily emails a try. And I said, I'm going to give myself 30 days. I don't care if I make any sales, get any clients or whatever. I'm going to give it a good, the old college try for 30 days and then decide what to do. Well, you know, it didn't make a million bucks in the first month, but I did make a few sales. I started to get people reply to my emails, which hadn't mm-hmm. happened before. And, you know, now we're over 2000 days later, I haven't missed a day since then. I've still done daily. Uh, the podcast, I said, I'm going to give myself a year. I'm not going to be one of those shows that, you know, goes MIA into podgatory. It goes missing. You don't know if it's dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> no podgatory or pod fading for me. I gave it a year. It's now been seven and a half years, 750 mm-hmm. some episodes later, you know. So um, now on the flip side of it, there's some things I gave myself a runway that after I completed the runway, either it wasn't giving the results I wanted or I wasn't enjoying it and I said mm. I'm just going to kill this off I'm not liking it you know me I'm not a clubhouse guy I don't know if you're into that or not everyone uh, said last no. year oh you got to be on clubhouse or whatever I think most people are a lot of people are off it now but I just I gave it a try for a bit I said no not my thing not going to do it so consistency I think uh, the consistency and then staying with mm. something long enough to see the uh, seeds sprout into something out of the ground. Yep. Yeah. Some great, great advice. Side note, Clubhouse. So I'm an Android user. 
Ah, okay. So for these six months when Clubhouse is a place everyone yes. needed to be, but I wasn't allowed in. Um, by the time they opened it up, I was bored of it. I'd never I, gotten I, on. I, I yeah. did finally get on. I spent a, a, an hour there and I'm like, I don't get it. I'm out. I'm not but, a tech guru, but I thought that was a bad strategy. I know they're trying to make it exclusive, I guess, or whatever. I have friends who have Androids. I'm an Apple guy, but friends who have Androids that really got bent out of shape by that. Well, who are they to yeah. you know block access into this hot new club just because we have an Android? I thought it was stupid. They were losing a big piece of their market. Yep. And uh, what you'd said too, I, when I went on there, and this isn't everyone, there's some good people on there, but I thought it was populated by douchepreneurs. It was just people, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this edit or not, but basically, you know, pissing contests and swinging their dicks around, you know, how much money they make and stuff like uh -huh. that. Uh, so I was out for a drive with my fiance telling her about Clubhouse last year. And I said, oh, I can't stand. I said, um, here, I'm going to open up the app. I said, I guarantee you it's going to be some douche talking about how much money he makes. And so I open up the app, no word of a lie. That's the first thing that we hear is some guy. And that's how I went from making 14000 a year to $1.8 million, whatever. So, yep, there you go. There's Clubhouse <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. I also didn't like sitting around waiting for a golden nugget if you had to wait an hour to hear something you could take out of it. I think it can be recorded now. They are, if I'm not mistaken. But back then, you had to be there live. I'd listen to my podcast, my audio books, everything at 2x speed. So I'm like, oh, I can't sit here. It just wasn't my thing. You know, if people like it, they can make money from it. Great. It's not my jam. Yeah. And, and it's just not, it's not effectively interactive. Like Zoom calls are great because like I, I was an event this weekend. There's 200 people in the room and there's a chat. Yep. So you see someone on there like, oh, I recognize that name. You can private chat them. You can look them up on LinkedIn. You can engage mm. in different ways. With that, it's just audio. And like, it's kind of hard to follow up and connect and it's, it was a big gimmicky thing. I feel like it was backed by a lot of money, which is why it why it splashed so big. Yeah, we're um, all messed up from the pandemic. No one's thinking straight. Um, but then you yeah. also have people like sitting around like, oh my God, Elon Musk might pop into the room or Damon John or whatever. I'm like, I can see any number of interviews of Elon Musk's on YouTube, on different podcasts, Joe Rogan show or whatever. I saw a lot of people that were being fangirls, fanboys for these um, celebrity entrepreneurs, hoping they pop in. And I thought, man, if you spent as much time on your business as you do hanging around the clubhouse, uh, you'd be in good shape. So the person that invited mm -hmm. me, great guy, but I asked him, uh, how many hours are you spending on there? Because he said, oh, you're getting clients from there. He's like, well, about eight hours a day or whatever. I'm like, eight hours a day? Holy jeez. Now, a follow-up, I asked him a while ago if he's still on there. because now I don't really go on there <laughs> too much anymore or whatever. Well, that that's a lot of time you spending on an app. Um, yeah. But, you know, not in Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, they're all the same. You can very easily eat up a lot of time on there too. Mm -hmm. Clubhouse, I just didn't gel with it. Yeah, well, in, in Facebook, when I first started coaching, I was effectively using it for lead generation um, and you know making connections on there. But but that was an active. Well, I wasn't just scrolling through; I was engaging yeah. conversations and I was talking to people and helping them with their problems and answering questions. You know, doing useful things, not just sitting there in a room listening and 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 you know you you eventually realize like, wait, I'm not actually in this room. I'm just <laughs> listening to it. Like this is like a po this might as well be a podcast. I can't engage with these people. I'm not here. Yeah, so, use yeah, use yeah. a platform. Don't let it use you. So um, I'm very yeah. targeted with what I do because I was spending too much time on Facebook back in the day, 
And mm-hmm. I have it now where I just go on certain times of the day and then I get in and I get the heck out. So even my posting, I call it drive-by posting, <laughs> just like a drive-by shooting. I get yep. in, I get the post in there and then get the heck out before I could get sucked into something, especially nowadays with politics and everything else. There's always drama going on with it. So I am still in there. People looking like, oh, geez, Mark's in there a lot. Well, no, I'm just very targeted, selective of what I do. I get mm-hmm. in, do what I have to do, then I get out. Uh, is politics a big thing on Facebook? I hadn't noticed. Um, I think so. I heard a few things. Um, I saw a couple <laughs> posts about Donald Trump uh, the last few years and okay, a few, yeah, a few yeah. about COVID, but uh, maybe one or two about Ukraine right now. I don't know. Oh, yeah. There might be a few <laughs> things about that. Yeah. 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 A couple things. So, well, yeah, there's, there's some some great concepts. I, I love the idea about, you know, st- taking a particular amount of time, you're going to give something to runway. So 30 days, 60 days, whatever, and decide mm. to go all in for that amount of time and then decide if you're all in or all out instead of the like, Oh, I kind of do a podcast that kind of comes out sometimes. Well, I think uh, the problem is people put too much emphasis on results, which they can't really control. You can do certain things Mm -hmm. to increase your chances of getting better results. Instead, they should be focusing more on what they can control. So how many podcast episodes am I going to release? You know, um, what am I going to promote on this podcast? Do I have an offer? You know, do certain things like that. You can control those things instead of saying, I'm going to make a million dollars this year, but not sure how you're going to make a million dollars. Same way as me, I'm going to hit the elliptical when we're done this interview. If I say, I'm going to try to lose X number of pounds, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But if I say, okay, I'm going to do the elliptical five days a week or six days Mm -hmm. a week and I go for a certain amount of time, I can control that pretty easy. And I'm going to probably lose those pounds just by doing that uh, with it. So focus more on what you can control, then you'll probably get the results that you want from there. That is a a great tip. Another great tip. So, Mark, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do it? Well, uh, the main website's naturalborncoaches.com. So you can get the podcast, emails, all that stuff there, naturalborncoaches.com. And then the Facebook group is The Coaching Jungle. So that's thecoachingjungle.com. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, I I definitely recommend that group because I've made some great connections in there. Um, Cause I made a post saying I'm looking for successful people on share their story on my podcast and met Dan Mangana and Luca Senatore and I think a third one as well. Small uh, world. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Doug Vermeer also came out of that group. So, yeah. so three of my early season three episodes all came from that group. And then of course, one of my early season four episodes is the guy who runs the group. So we're, we're building our way up in the world <laughs> all the way up to Mark Mawinney. Well, Mark, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. This has been great learning from you and having you on here and, And it's been great talking to you. Yes, thank you for having me on, Michael. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, 
but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV-Connect.com. December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.